I don't know about you, but what I experienced here this morning, the King of Kings is here. He's not just the King of Kings, He is the God who sanctifies. He's the all-powerful God. He's the God of love. He's the provider. He's the God of peace. He's the God of righteousness. He's a holy God. He is all-knowing, merciful. He is faithful, comforter, father. We can go on and on and on. The question is, how much do you know Him? Because this is critical for where we are going, that you know your God. That you know him personally. God brought me to the scripture while I was praying. Constantly this scripture just came up. Daniel chapter 11 verse 32. Now Daniel is a prophet. And this is a prophecy he gave. And I will give a, a short historical context after, after I read this. Those who do wickedly against the covenant. He shall corrupt with flattery. This is talking about an evil king. But the people who know their God, the people who know their God shall be strong. And carry out great exploits. Oh, I'm shaking. He is here. The people who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. Okay, we will later see what is great exploits. But we must begin somewhere. Just the historical context for, for the scripture this morning is back in the day, the previous scripture, there was a Syrian king called, I started, I tried to memorize this name. But uh, I'm going to read this, Antiochus Epiphanes. He went into the Holy Land, Jerusalem, the, the Syrian king, into the Jewish temple, and in the Holy of Holies, he sacrificed a pig. He desecrated the temple, he polluted the temple. He killed and slaughtered many Jews. He wanted to be God. Epiphanes means the God manifest. He wanted to be in control. So he persecuted the Jews. And he stopped them from, he prohibited them from serving the God. He prohibited them from living out their religion. And because of the great persecution, because of the great persecution, many wanted to save their lives. So they turned away from, from God. Because of the pressure. Friends, it will get more difficult. But they turned away and they followed the ways of the persecutor, paganism. But there was a small group that it's talking about they who knew the God. In the midst of the persecution, because they knew God, they were strong. They were standing in the midst of trouble, in the midst of difficulty, they were standing. And in the midst of this persecution, God used them to do great exploits, miracles, 
moving. Now there's a, there's a guy I love in the Bible, his name is uh, Apostle Paul. Now he wrote 13 books of the Bible. So what he knows is a great deal, right? And Paul, in one phrase of, 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 the, of the scripture, we will go in Philippians 3 verse 8. He summarizes life in this one phrase, that I may know him. He summarizes his whole life, that I may know him. Not just know about him, that I may know him. Let us read Philippians 3 verse 8. But more than that, Paul saying, I count everything as a loss compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with Him, a joy unequaled. For His sake I have lost everything and I consider it, I consider it all garbage so that I may gain Christ. And He is saying, it is a privilege and it is a su supreme advantage to know Christ. A supreme advantage to know Christ is He is the joy unequal. He's a joy that this world will not give you. Nothing in this world that you are chasing will give you this joy. And Paul understood something about Jesus. That is why he could say all these other things is garbage. He had, in the previous scriptures, human achievements. It is garbage compared to knowing Christ. He understood something. Why? Because he had a relationship. He walked with God. Relationship brings revelation of who he is. Now knowing, the word know in, in the Greek, sorry, in Hebrew, is the word yada or yad. And it means you know, you can know about someone, you know about their existence, but Yad or Yara means, in the Hebrew thought, to know him. You can only know someone when there is a personal and an intimate relationship with them. We talk about these things many times, but now we will become people of his presence. People. He will become people of his presence. Now Genesis 18 verse 19, it's talking about Abraham. Now Abraham, the scripture is saying, where God speaks, he says, For I know him. Abraham had friendship with God, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that that which he has spoken of him. Now Abraham was called a friend of God, also James 2 verse 23. Where there is friendship, there is relationship. Well, I, I know some of my friends in this place, when I, when I get into, the, in, into their home, I open their fridge. Because it is a friend. And then Exodus 33, verse 11, that's not on the new version added. So God 
Praise the Lord, last night, that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. That is what God wants for us. That we will speak face to face with him as a friend. That is the relationship he wants. And many times we are so focused on an intellectual pursuit, a theological pursuit. You know you can know all the scriptures and you don't know him? You do the right things and you don't know him? He wants that personal, beautiful relationship to love us. I'm here because I love him. And when, we, when you love someone, I don't know who has been in love. I've been in love, in love a few times. But when you're in love, there's a pursuit. I try to pursue because I love this person. I want to get to know them. That's what God wants for us. We're not just here to play games. We're not just here to, to have wonderful worship and all these things outside, but inside. I'm pursuing Him. He's my lover. Next part, Acts 19, verse 13 to 15. Then, they, then some of the traveling Jewish exorcists also attempted to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I employ you and solemnly command you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Seven sons, one named Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this, but the evil spirit retorted, I know and recognize and acknowledge Jesus. And I know about Paul, but as for you, who are you? It was the spirit, the, the group, the men of Sceva, they, they also, they were aware that uh, God was doing some uh, great miracles through Paul. And they, they saw Paul, you know, laying on hands and driving out the demons in the name of Jesus, doing miracles in the name of Jesus. But they also wanted to do it. So when they did this, this the, the evil spirit told that I know and I recognize and acknowledge Jesus, and I know about Paul, but as for you, who are you? They failed because they did not have a personal relationship with Jesus. You can know about him, you know him. They recognize Paul and Jesus. Now demons also recognize their enemies. As a son and a daughter of God, you recognize in the Spirit. Because they did not know Jesus, they didn't have the spiritual power, and later we see that the demons overpowered them. That is how critical it is to know Him. This is not just a beautiful sermon today, this is an encounter with God. I want to know Him. I want to know you. Something I also realized in the scripture is they tried to drive out these demons. The name attempted to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. And they say, I solemnly, solemnly command you by the Jesus who Paul preaches. Friend, you cannot live 
your godly life relationship on the faith of the pastor. You need to have a personal relationship with God. Maybe, maybe God calls you somewhere overseas in a village where there's no connection and you come face to face to pray for the sick and you try to contact pastor but pastor doesn't answer. Then you need to know your God. You need to hear Him speak. We need to take responsibility for our own relationship with God. No one will do that for you. Matthew 7, verse 21 to 24. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name. And done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. I don't want to hear that word, Prince. God is not an ATM. He's a person. He wants relationship. And you know that we need to be careful that we are not people of lip service but our hearts is turned away. We say the right things, we say the godly things but our hearts is not with God. If we are not careful we become trained professionals in doing the right things but inside we are staffed. We are God's staff inside where no one sees. Because we do all the godly things, but inside I have no relationship. Revelation 2, it's not on the, on the board, but Revelation 2, 1 to 7. The church of Ephesians, the Ephesians church, they did all the right stuff. But God said, I have just one thing against you. You have forsaken your first love. They did all the right things. But they have forsaken the relationship. The Ephesians chats. And go read that. Touch me so much. And it's like uh, the married couples. Now, we take an example. They, they don't take it personal. But, uh, for example, the husband comes once a week on Sunday. And he gives his wife a box of chocolates. Yes. Expensive chocolates. But the rest of the week they don't speak. Isn't that what we're doing many times? They don't speak. What happens if they don't speak? When there's no communication, we start drifting away. Another, I go and I go meet the king. And I go to his palace, but I'm just focused on his beautiful car and his beautiful gardens, but I miss him. Remember one guy said that the, praise, the, the essence of the kingdom is the presence of the king. Let us not miss who is here today. He's in our midst. 
beautiful scripture that uh, touched me deeply, Proverbs 3 to 6. He says in, uh, listen, in all your ways, now some of your ways, in all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize Him, and He will make your paths straight and smooth, removing obstacles that blocks your way. He says, know Him in all your ways. I remember when I was overseas, there was a, a, a pastor from Canada. He told us, morning when he wakes up, he says, morning Jesus. How are you this morning? Well, that's relationship. Maybe you need to uh, wake up and stop looking at all the problems on, on social media and wake up and say, Lord, here, here am I. Let's go have a cup of coffee. Let us speak. In all your ways, what does this mean? For example, today, you want to, you want to go to growth after church because it's long weekend, there's not a lot of people, but, but actually God wants you to go to Marua. No, God, I will go my own way. That, that happens to me many times. I pray, okay, God, once I go to this mall, this mall. And then I wanted to go to growth, then I go to Marua. And then there's a man that needs Jesus. Have an encounter. But because I sit and listen and ask God, when must I go? He does what? He removes obstacles in your problems, in the trials, in the trials that you face today, everything you face, and you sit down in a place that you face and consulted God. Why am I facing this? Well, I want to teach you something. I want to teach you patience. But we forget, no, 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 I, what happens if we don't consult God, if we don't acknowledge Him in all our ways? We exit the rest of God and we start again performance. I try to make things work. I have arrived and then what happens? We can get us in places of difficulty, of pain, of hardship because we did not listen. If you just listen to me, my mom always told this to me, Chuck, if you just listen to me, just listen to your mom, just listen to God. Consult Him. If we don't know God, we create a God that is convenient for us. God wants you to go out and share about Jesus. But that is not very much a big deal for God. But when you go read the Bible, there's the great commandment that says, Go into all nations, preach the gospel. We try to fabricate a God that is convenient. And then we fabricate a God that fits our lifestyle. I live in sin. It's not a big deal for God. You read your Bible. When you read your Bible, you get to know His will. You understand that uh, it is a big deal. Now secondly, those who know their God, to go, to go back to the, the Amplified Version, that 
Then you'll, you'll even verse 32. Oh, before that, almost forgot so many things. How to know God? It's most important. Accept Jesus as your Savior. We've heard that last Sunday. Read and study His Word. Here's your Bible. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. It's a big deal. In yourself, three. You will grow in it. Study and read your word. We must also tell you to study and read your word. When you're hungry for God, you want to do it. I don't buy flowers for, 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 for someone, a man, well, don't, uh, but uh, you don't just buy flowers because it's an obligation. You buy flowers, you give chocolates, person, because you want to. Read and study his word. Pray. Pray. What is pray? What is pray? It is speaking to the living God. It's awesome. Pray. Fellowship with other believers. Now there's many other believers here. You can learn a lot about God through other believers. Fellowship. Those who are isolated will be destroyed. Don't isolate yourself. Get between people. Pry with people. Lately, there's a lot of prize going on in the church. That is fellowship. Getting to know each other. And through getting to know each other, you get to know God. And then, one thing that helped me is study the names of God. Study the names of God. I pray, many times I pray the names of God. You know, God is the healer. God is my fortress. God is my deliverer. Number two, Daniel 11, 32, in the Amplified, we go back again with smooth words of flattery and praise. He will turn to godlessness those who are willing to disregard the Mosaic Covenant. But the people who are, in brackets, spiritually mature, spiritually mature, and know that God will display strength. He will display strength when you know your God. And take action to resist. What will we resist? Well, there's an enemy that wants to flatter you. Like the king, he was flattering you. The Jews, flatter means false praise. He deceives. We are in a world, many things is happening. Many is turning against God. The love of people is growing cold. If you go read the word. And to resist, to resist, to give in to the things that is against God. We take a relationship again. If someone does something against your family, or, or your, your husband, or your wife, will you just sit there and watch TV? When we see the things happening, we resist temptation to compromise. Why not? Because we must, because we love you. I don't want to break down my friend my family members, because I love them. 
And those who know the God will display and show strength. So your life will testify of spiritual strength. Now our spiritual strength depends on our knowledge of Him. The, the more you know, the more you get revelation. Hosea 4 verse 6. This one brought a holy, godly fear to me. And it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It's not talking about someone else. It's talking about my people. Of my law, we are revealed my law. We are destroyed many times. We get ourselves into situations because we are not in the world. We get ourselves into situations because we don't know Him. We don't know His will. He tells, this is my will. Walk this path. You take another path. If you don't know His will, you don't know, you don't know Him. You follow your own ways that can get you in trouble. I saw many believers their lives were destroyed because they did not follow God. And the devil doesn't want you to know God personally. Have you seen that? Have you seen that in your life? Oh, he likes to keep us busy. Just, just not that 15 minutes in his presence. Now watch that program. Contact that friend. He doesn't want you to be spending time with God. There's a quote in the world that says, Knowledge is power. Well, when I read that in the Bible, knowing God is power. Amen. Knowing God is power that will bring havoc to the kingdom of darkness. Because when I walk with him, today I come to church, and there's something I'm in a deep hole. I know God is my deliverer. I believe it. We walk in strength when we realize God is greater than anything we face. To know that God's love for us. You walk with a confidence. You walk, my God is by my side. I remember I had one friend, I won't call his name, but uh, he's from a Middle Eastern country. He was persecuted. The authorities wanted to kill him. And uh, I met him in Hong Kong. And uh, he, he said, uh, he said, but I must go back. I must go see the gospel. But I know I might get killed. So, okay, say that again. He said, I must go back. I say, why? My, my life is in the hands of Almighty God. He realized who God is. That is why he can go and do great exploits. I can go into places because my life is in the hands of Almighty God. We think our lives is in our own hands. Understand that God's character is incredible of us, brings strength and confidence and hope. But how does the strength look in believers? 
how does the strength look like in the lives of believers? Well, first of all, we're going to look at uh, Daniel. Daniel's friends. Try to memorize their names as well. Shadrach, Mesach, and Abednego. 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 Okay, well. Now, just a bit. The story of this King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden image. They said when all these instruments play, and you hear the sounds, everyone must worship this golden image. Okay? And there were some astrologers that saw these Jews. Those names. Shadrach, Mesach, and Abednego. They refused to bow and worship this king. So, they were brought in front of the king. The king gave them another chance to say, if you, if you don't bow, bow, you will be thrown in the fiery furnace. This is what they answered. Shadrach, Mesach, and Abednego answered the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to answer you on this point. <laughs> That's a confidence. We do not need to answer you on this point. If it be so, our God whom we serve, whom we serve, his relationship, we serve him, is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. They, they can speak like this, a confidence, a spiritual strength. I stand and I will be immovable. This is against God's word. I will not take hands of the devil yet. Because I know, not out of obligation. I love him. I don't want to do something that will hurt him. And they believe in God is able. They believe God is the deliverer. This is what they believe. We will not bow. Then Daniel's friends had another friend and his name is Daniel. Daniel himself, there was a decree, if you, if you know the story, there was a group that wanted to find charges against Daniel. They went to the king and said, okay, anyone that prays to another God in, the, in those 40 days must be thrown in the lion's den. I don't know about you, but uh, when you go here to Nankuse and the lions, the lion's dens. It's not just cats. They were hungry. And when Daniel, when he heard this decree of the king, anyone who worship another person or God, that's what I would say, will be thrown in the lion's den. I think Daniel wanted to buy a ticket and fly somewhere else. He wanted to flee, no. He wanted to make plans to get out of the situation. No. But Daniel knew his God. What did Daniel do? Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he went where? Into his house. 
Now in his roof chamber, his windows were open towards Jerusalem. He continued to get down on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been done previously. Daniel had a persistent relationship with God. Many times we are like a yo-yo, up and down. He was persistent. He went in the presence of Almighty God that is his helper. I'm not going to try to help myself here. God is my helper. I get into his presence. Then, then there's a, another guy. I wanted to stop with the sermon and then David and Goliath came on. David and Goliath. Now David, well, this, this young boy he was talking to Saul before he went to confront Goliath. Saul thought he was crazy. Daniel, you just, you, you're just a young man. This guy has been a warrior for all his life. And then Daniel said, <coughs> David, sorry. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion. <laughs> and from the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, okay then go and let the Lord be with you. David had a relationship. He knew God delivered him from this. God delivered him from this. God delivered him from this. God will deliver me from this. And many times I, I struggle about something. Now I have unbelief in then, then it's like God telling me, John, you mark with him when he can. From how many things did he deliver you? You can trust him. He is faithful. So your strength lies in your intimacy with God. And I realized one thing, that intimacy is like the roots under a tree. It's a place where we don't see. Here we are behind the closed doors. God says the Father that sees you in secret will reward you more. If you have a shallow root system, in tough times you will not be able to stand, friends. That's why those that knew God could stand in the midst of persecution, <coughs> pain, suffering, they could stand because they, their roots grew deeper. I'm not here to force you this, this morning into a relationship with God, but we don't just stumble into a relationship with God. We need to make time for Him. The last part, we vliegtegaan The last part, those who knew the God will be strong. They will do great exploits. What is this difficult word? Now an exploit is a heroic act, great achievement, it's like a miracle. And you need to understand today, you sitting here, what makes you different from Moses? What makes you different from Joshua? What makes you different from all his mighty men and women of God? Relationship, that's where we must begin. 
And he says that those who are new to God will know God and carry out great exploits. So God wants to do mighty things through you. God wants to do mighty things through you so that it will give witness of His reality within you. Now after Daniel, in the, in the lion's den, what happened? Daniel was eaten alive. When the king looked in, Daniel was there. I love those pictures of Daniel praying between all his lines. He was praying. He didn't call someone for a letter or something. He was praying. And when the king saw this, he said, Daniel 6, verse 26. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men must tremble and fear before the God of them. For he is the living God. And steadfast forever, his kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. And his dominion shall endure to the end. His life of intimacy was a life of testimony. In between, to have a testimony, you will be tested. Test, testimony. You are tested in the lion's den. Where is your faith? In the difficult times, you will be tested. Where is your faith? He knew his God. And because he knew his God, the king realized that the God that Daniel served, I will make a decree that my nation needs to serve this God. It is not to put you on the map. God wants to do things through you, not to make you famous. I don't want to be famous. I think, oh, no, I'm taking him. To see God and recognize Him. Hebrews 11, you can go reach, show exploits of women and men who did exploits for God. And then the last scripture. I say, God, what a scripture that can impact. Everything impacts, not, not this scripture. Now there was Peter, John, John, Acts 4, 13. Now when they saw that it was the Jewish leaders, the Sadducees, they were seeing Paul and Peter. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. <laughs> they saw the boldness. Those who knew that God will be strong, they see the boldness, the spiritual strength. They saw that they were uneducated, ignorant men. They marveled. They saw. They marveled. And they realized what they have been with Jesus. Like they get a little something cook and clear drink and said nothing. They fellowshiped with Jesus. They talked and they laughed with Jesus. It was a relationship. And then people marveled because they have been with Jesus. Your life 
was with Jesus. The focus is on Jesus. I thought when I was a kid, I had us glow in the dark stars I put all over my room. When my parents said, put the, this, this glow in the dark in the light, then you place it on your roof and you switch off the lights. And it glows. When you are in His presence, people become aware. There's something different. God wants that for you this morning. Do you believe that? That people who know their God will be strong. And they will carry out great exploits. Now from here, and how can pause? We go straight into communion. While we have communion this morning, communion is not just about the glass, grapes, juice, and the little bread. What is communion? Through the dictionary, a communion is this. It is a close relationship with someone where feelings and thoughts are exchanged. That's communion. That's an okay. This is not just a practice we do. It's deeper than that. Communion is a close relationship with someone where feelings and thoughts are exchanged. And while the team will hand out the, the communion, I just want you to take the cup and the bread. And I want you to commune this morning with God. Share your feelings and your thoughts. Maybe you've never done this. What do you feel today? How do you feel about Him? Speak what is on your heart this morning. And then we go to listen to a song. I want you to read the words as well. And after that, I will read a scripture and we will take communion as a church together. So what is communion? God is reminding you of what He has done for you. To call you into relationship. Relationship. Alright, let us take time just where you are this morning. Speak with him. He is here this morning. Let us take our communion, bread in our hands. On Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, bread, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us take the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Let's do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us drink. We still don't know that he is gone. He is in this place today. That hunger that you have inside of you is after you. Let us not just go through the motions. Let us not just do the right things. Father, help us. Help us to spend time with you. The more we spend time with you, the more we become to love you. Because we see that nothing compares. Nothing. This world can give you nothing that a person can give you. Nothing compares to knowing you. Father, thank you this morning for meeting with us in a special way.